Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. How do I? I'll skip ahead a bit. No, I can't skip ahead. All, all right, everybody, into the time machine. No, 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 no. You don't understand how radio works. All I have to do to return this is fade my voice out like this and cue the organist. You see, here we are. Wait a minute. 63 Audio presents the Old Time Radio Essentials Podcast. Greetings all who gather here and welcome back to Season 3 of Old Time Radio Essentials. If this is your first time joining us, and even if it ain't, I must inform you that this is Episode 35, also known as our 8th episode of 2022, a.k.a. the 10th ep of Season 3. My name is Pete. This is Dave. And I'm Paul. You know, folks, we spend most of our time right here on the old-time radio tundra, carefully gathering the most entertaining mammoth tusks and stripping their rinds using the sharpest nationally sponsored bone chisels. Then we saw them into manageable sections and use our fret saws, gauges, and adzes to carve the magnificent 12th century chess set that is our rotational pick for this program. But sometimes, sometimes, folks, we fall off the back of a stolen fire truck, siphon some gas out of a hearse in a Waffle House parking lot, pour it out in a grid, then toss a stolen Zippo at it, and haul slashed tires and busted shipping pallets into the squares to play the deranged loner's tic-tac-toe of entertainment that is our selection. But not every time, that's for sure. Thank God. <laughs> and so <laughs> and so we come to you, our <laughs> listeners, to present specific episodes of certain old-time radio series. They might be episodes that stand out as particularly representative of those series, or they might be one of those quotable episodes that fans of old-time radio like to discuss, either in person or on social media. As you may have derived from these earlier comments, to put it succinctly, we all take turns choosing a show for discussion. The last episode was my pick, and that was an episode of Broadway is My Beat entitled The Lars Nielsen Murder Case, in case you happen to miss it, you crazy person. And as we like to say, you got to play the game that's in front of you. So, Pete. <laughs> you deranged loner. It's time for you to put your X or O on that tic-tac-toe square and tell us what do you have for us today, guy? Today, my fellow deranged toikies, in keeping with the most excellent holiday of Thanksgiving, I am bringing you an episode of the Bird's Eye Open House or the Boyd's Eye Open House from November 1945 with guest star Groucho Marx and... To assist with this endeavor, I'm pleased and proud to introduce our special guest and essential listener, actor, author, podcaster, Marx Brothers historian, and Groucho Marx impersonator in his own right, Mr. Noah Diamond. Noah, welcome to the show. Holy crap. Welcome, thank Noah. Jeez thank Louise. you. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's quite a roster, man. That's, that's Noah, quite a did, curriculum vitae. Did I miss anything in my introduction? Yes, I won the Most Valuable Thespian Award my senior year of high school. 
Awesome. Wow. Ooh. My sister was a thespian, sure, but we sure. don't like to talk about that. Just want you to know how what a valuable thespian you have here. <laughs> most, the most valued, obviously. Well, we're very, we're very happy to have you with us. <laughs> Fellas, did you have any questions for Noah? Actually, I do. Um, Noah, what can you tell us about this series? I have never heard of the Bird's Eye Open House. Uh, how did you find out about this? Tell us about this thing. I'm very glad you asked me, Dave. The Bird's Eye Open House was a variety series. It was on NBC Radio from 1943 to 46. And it was sponsored by Bird's Eye Frozen Foods and hosted by Dinah Shore, which presents an immediate challenge for us, folks. We're, <laughs> we're really going to have to be strong and avoid the low-hanging fruit of the, <laughs> the obvious pun on Dinah Shore's name. You know, I mean... We could go extinct trying not to make this joke, <laughs> but we just have to be really careful. We don't want to take any Jurassic measures. <laughs> Yikes. Even Yikes. though we are all fossil with language. We're <laughs> <laughs> uh, not making any bones uh, about this uh, one. Holy crap. <laughs> I'm buried I, under the various strata <laughs> of these puns. <laughs> I think Pete's hurting himself over there. <laughs> Pete, have you ever had a reptile dysfunction? <laughs> they got pills for that. They got pills for that. Does anyone anyone want to do? I hope nobody saw us before we continue. <laughs> oh no, that's all yours, man. That's you know, as the guest, you get the choice bits off of that I carcass. Hope nobody saw. Us. Yeah, we already did ours with the uh, tic tac toe analogy, kind of whatever that was. <laughs> well. Then I'll tell you about Dinah Shore. She was born Francis or Fanny Shore in Tennessee in 1916. Uh, like the Marx Brothers, she was the daughter of Jewish immigrants, in her case, Russian. She got a degree in sociology from Vanderbilt University so that she would have sociology to fall back on before she tried to make it as a singer. But she was still pretty instantly successful as a singer. And became the most popular female vocalist of the 1940s. She got her name from the song, Dinah. <laughs> and uh, like most classic comedy fans, I love her for her role in Danny Kaye's feature debut, Up in Arms. She's delightful in that. Um, and also her Peasy Weezy duet with Groucho Marx on her TV show in 1959. Um, oh, and she also plays herself in Oh God with George Burns. Uh, so, <laughs> That's right. Oh, I oh forgot she was in that. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's been a yeah. while since I've seen that. Dinah Shaw gets a pretty good rating. Uh, it's uh, She's rubbed shoulders with a lot of the great comics. And, uh, and yeah. she is herself very funny and charismatic. Um, so in, in this time, in the Bird's Eye Open House, she's between those gigs, post up in arms, but before the TV years. Um, this is a variety show that was broadcast from station KNX in Los Angeles, which is the bird's eye frozen foods of American cities. <laughs> okay, then. <laughs> I need to get a t-shirt with that. <laughs> she always sang on every episode. She would sing a handful of songs. Um, and she worked with the great announcer, Harry Von Zell who would incorporate bird's eye commercials into the dialogue at any opportunity, often improbably. That was, as, as our listeners will hear shortly. <laughs> yeah, that was the, the main running gag of the bird's eye open house. 
And the guest stars were often comedians or sometimes dramatic actors or other kinds of personalities, but always presented in a comic situation. Well, I, see, and I, I have a question, too. Did Groucho, did he guest star more than once on this show? Yes, he was a, a regular, a frequent guest. And Groucho and Dinah seem to have liked each other a lot. You know, it's evident that they enjoyed working together and they were a pretty good team. And it makes me wish they had made a movie together. You know, <laughs> he you he has more chemistry with Dinah Shore than he did with Carmen Miranda in Copacabana. Um, and, you know, it's too bad they weren't ever teamed on film. And it's also an interesting kind of moment for Groucho. This is after, for the most part, after the Marx Brothers career. There were a couple more Marx Brothers projects to come, but mostly done with the team. Uh, but he hadn't yet found his great success as a quiz master on You Bet Your Life, which started a few years after this episode in 1949. So it's a strange Groucho. He's in limbo here. He's kind of between personas. He's not that, you know, pyrotechnic verbal dervish from the Marx Brothers movies. Um, and he doesn't have the writers from those movies to help him. But he's also not quite that avuncular, kindly old Groucho that we have on the quiz show. Uh, but it's Groucho. He has many great moments in this episode. And, you know, his voice is just um, the greatest comic instrument the world has ever known. <laughs> and and you you impersonate that voice, Noah? I have been known to play Groucho from time to time, uh, mm. mainly in I'll Say She Is. I... Uh, restored and revived the first Broadway show that the brothers appeared in and uh, played Groucho in the first revival of that. Ah, very cool. What was that called? Cool. I'll say she is. I'll say she is. Okay. <laughs> and what, what year was that original stage show? Because I know wasn't the Coconuts. I mean, was, I'm trying to remember if that yeah. movie was from the movie was from 29, wasn't it? Yeah. The Coconuts was their second Broadway show and their first film. Uh, I'll say she is. Uh, started in 1923, got to Broadway in 24, and Coconuts wow. opened on Broadway in 1925. Wow. Uh, and a nice piece of trivia with those films is that when the Marx Brothers were making the film version of Coconuts, um, they were appearing in Animal Crackers on Broadway at night. So when you see the movie version of the Coconuts, that's them as Broadway stars, you know. Um, <laughs> it really is the Broadway Marx Brothers. And in fact, in the famous Why a Duck scene, um, Groucho starts to call Chico Ravelli a couple of times by accident <laughs> because he was so used to calling him that in Animal Crackers on right. stage at that time. Uh, and he catches himself, but a couple of times he says, now look, R and yeah. then stops. <laughs> and, and in the Why a Duck scene... It's very similar in the scene in Animal Crackers where they're sitting at a table talking about the painting and it's the the setting is almost identical because they're talking they're sitting at a table doing the Wyatt Duck scene where Groucho was showing the map of Coconut Grove and then in Animal Crackers they're sitting at a table talking about the Sherlock Holmes method and and who stole the painting and left-handed moths and things like that. So yeah, I can imagine why Groucho would get uh, a little mixed up on that. That's a very good point. It never occurred to me, but that probably is right. It, muscle memory kicked in because he's yeah. standing at a table. <laughs> it, it was eight o'clock in the morning. Describing that, that it's almost identical. Groucho on the left as you're facing it and, and Chico on the right and same way with Wyatt Duck. I only know this really because I had the Anoboli book, um, uh, Hooray for Captain Spaulding. 
And yeah. I got it when I was in eighth grade for as a gift from my brother. And that started me on my love of the Marx Brothers. So yeah. 1976, I was <laughs> officially a Marx Brothers fan. You can don't you do can, the math. Christmas Never do the math. You, can, you can date it back to then. But anyway, anyway, anybody else have questions before we get started? No, I want to get into this. Okay. So now, without further delay, we present Groucho Marx as guest star and a guest at Dinah's Thanksgiving dinner on Bird's Eye Open House. And now, friends, adjust your radio dials to the proper frequency. Get comfortable and listen. Bird's Eye Frosted Foods present Bird's Eye Open House, starring Dinah Shore with her special guest, Groucho Marx. And now here's Dinah. I didn't want to see you again, but I did I didn't want to phone you again, but I did I had a certain feeling for you that bothered me I had to find out what the hidden charms could be I hug you again, but I did. I didn't want to kiss you again, but I did. I must have been too sentimental doing what I did. I didn't want to. this evening. Oh, I didn't mean to exclude you, Harry. No. How are you? <laughs> oh, fine, and a very thank you Thanksgiving to you, darling. <laughs> a very what? Hmm? Well, anyhow, thank you, Harry. <laughs> you know, this is my favorite holiday. Oh, mine too. Gee, every Thanksgiving day I'm bursting with sentiment, brotherly love, conviviality, and stuffing. <laughs> but, Dinah, who else are you having over for Thanksgiving dinner? Well, my Aunt Sarah Lou Culpepper is visiting me from Alabama. Oh. And uh, I thought maybe Groucho Marx might be a good dinner companion for it, don't you think so? Oh, sure. Groucho's coming over, too. Say, where is he? I don't know, but I wish he'd hurry. See, Groucho told me not to buy a turkey because he's bringing one over. Groucho? <laughs> Groucho is bringing the turkey? Yeah, I wonder where he is. <laughs> Well, I didn't win at that time. Now, how about another chance on the turkey, Mr. Marks? Only five cents, you know. By all means. But what gets me yet is that there actually are suckers who go into a store and pay ten or twelve dollars for a turkey when you can step up to a cigar counter and win it on a punch board for a nickel. All right, Ed, I'll, I'll take another chance. <laughs> 
Here you are. Let's see. I think I'll punch uh, this one. Mr. Marks, congratulations. You've won the turkey. Oh, I'm always lucky. How much do I owe you? $153.40. <laughs> you wait right here, Mr. Marks. I'll bring you your prize. I still can't understand how a guy in his right mind would go into a store and plunk down 10 or $12 for a turkey. Ah, Groucho Marx, you're a shrewd little rascal, you. Now, you just stay right where you are, Aunt Sarah Lou. You must be tired from your trip. Just relax while Harry and I finish setting the table. Thank you, Donna, honey. I uh, hope the trip was pleasant. Well, it would have been pleasant enough if it wasn't for those nasty old customs men. Why, would you believe it? They went through all my luggage, and they even insisted on seeing my little old passport. Well, but you only... You only came up from little old Birmingham. (laughs) Where did they go through your luggage and examine your passport? At the Mason-Dixon line. (laughs) There. Now, doesn't the table look nice? Let's see, Harry, you'll sit over here, and I'll sit over here, and Grouch will sit over there. And Aunt Sarah Lou, you'll sit over here. Yeah, well, gee, I'm hungry. I wish Groucho Marx would get here so we could put that turkey in the oven. I do, too. Oh, I hope that's him. Well, Groucho, how do you do? It's about time. Uh, sorry to keep you waiting, but to all of you I say, Noel, Noel. <laughs> that means happy Thanksgiving in French. <laughs> well, besame mucho to you. <laughs> Come outside and say that. No. <laughs> Bad enough to say it in here. <laughs> you know, in Spanish, Groucho, that means where is the turkey? Vanzel, keep your shade on. Keep your shade... Never mind. After looking at that shade, you better take it off. <laughs> Dinah, I want to present you with the most beautiful turkey you've ever seen. Well, where is it? Right here. Hyman, come on in. <laughs> Why don't you try putting that in the icebox? Groucho, a live turkey! This is ridiculous. I don't believe it. You will if you start plucking his tail feathers. <laughs> well, how in the world... You know, this turkey looks like a fellow I used to play pool with in Paul Tucker. <laughs> well, how in the world did you ever get this turkey over here? On a streetcar. Well, didn't you have any trouble? No, an old lady got up and gave him a seat. <laughs> he used to be a turkey, too. Groucho, Groucho, everything else is cooked. Who's going to kill the turkey? Dinah, Dinah, don't mention the word kill in front of him. It's frightening. <laughs> and turkey, stop that living, will you? <laughs> You're not kidding, it frightens him. Look at look at this. This is the first time I ever saw goose pimples on a turkey. Yeah, now, take it easy, Hyman. Take it easy. Take it easy. Hyman, don't overdo it. Get off your knees. I'm gonna eat them later. You neglected to introduce me to this charming gentleman. Hyman, stop bowing. She means me. (laughs) Oh, Groucho, I'm really sorry. I want you to meet my Aunt Sarah Lou Culpepper. She's from Alabama. How do you do? It's a pleasure, ma'am. I'm always proud to meet a daughter of the old suit. (laughs) After all, I'm a son of the old suit. 
Uh, I come from Florida. A Pensacola? No, thanks, but I wouldn't mind a drink of seven up. <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me, Aunt Sarah Lou, but I've got to settle this. Now, Groucho, how are we going to K-I-L-L the T-U-R-K-E-Y? He doesn't spell very well, either. <laughs> It's very simple. We'll just C-U-T, his H-E-A-D-O-F-F. All right, all right. You don't have to spell things out in front of me. I don't want any of your old candy anyway. <laughs> Bonzel, if you had 38 more points, you could get out of kindergarten. Boys, please, we've got to do something. The rest of the food is all cooked. Yeah, and if the cranberry sauce stands much longer, the taste will be killed. <laughs> I get a turkey that went to college. <laughs> it's good to hold you. Hold you in my Hold you, 
Please. Groucho, where's Harry? Uh, he's putting Hyman in the kitchen. With that turkey in another room, we might be able to think this thing out. Oh, Harry. Harry, I hope Herman didn't make any too much trouble about being alone in the kitchen. Oh, no, not a bit. As a matter of fact, that bird is most cooperative. You know that chestnut dressing you made? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just stuffed himself with it. Well, which one of you is going to prepare the turkey for cooking? Well? Well, well don't look at me. I'm so tender-hearted, I feel faint when I cut the pages of a book. <laughs> and what about you, Mr. Moss? Oh, I, I couldn't. I, I've learned to love Herman. He's like a brother to me. As a matter of fact, he does look like Chico. <laughs> Except there's, there's more white meat on Chico. Well, it's up to you, Groucho. When I invited you to a Thanksgiving dinner, you promised to supply the turkey. Now... Well, I did, but I can't help it if I'm not a killer. Hey, Dinah, I've got an idea. You know, I've got connections. Well, what about it? I'll get a mobster from out of town to bump him off. Oh, Harry, don't be silly. Oh, when you Yankees call yourselves men, why, that turkey's neck would have been wrung long ago in Alabama. I'll be right back. Where are you going? I just want to warn Hyman not to fly south for the winter. <laughs> oh, I'm losing patience. Something's got to be done about that turkey. Now, Groucho, I'm going to give you and Harry 30 seconds to think of something. I'd love to, Dinah, but I can't think of a thing. You hold it, hold it. Oh, wait a minute, everybody. I'm thinking of something. What are you thinking about? Green beans. Green beans. Green beans. Green beans. Green beans. Bird's eye, quick frozen green beans. <laughs> Gentlemen, to the first man who kills that turkey, I will give a great big kiss. To the first man who kills that turkey, you will give a great big kiss? Yes. Folks, in that kitchen stands a turkey named Herman, who will be the first turkey on record to live long enough to collect Social Security. <laughs> You're a Yankee. But even so, I've never seen anything quite as fresh. Oh, fresh. Just wait till you try those bird's eye stringless beans. <laughs> oh, Why, she walked into that one. <laughs> Certainly did. Or any other bird's eye vegetable or fruit. They're the freshest tasting, most perfect food you ever ate. That's because the bird's eye folks really know how to grow and prepare good food. They're so careful, you know. So fussy that you can always be sure of getting perfectly delicious, clean, and uniform food all the time. Believe me, any one of those bird's eye fruits or vegetables would win first prize at a beauty contest. I can just see it. The scene is Atlantic City. As the cameras are clicking, there sits Miss Stringbean of 1945. <laughs> Her shapely legs and eyes are crossed, and she's wearing a quick frozen bathing suit. <laughs> yes, and as I wink at her, she gives me the eye. The bird's eye. <laughs> oh. I'm going to get in on this racket, too. <laughs> Bless your little fat heart. <laughs> and my little fat bird's eye. Yes. <laughs> really, folks, if you give your food store's frosted food case the bird's eye, you're going to get some mighty good food. Because you know, if you want the better buy in frosted foods, better buy bird's eye. Look, look, fellas, I've just gone through the cookbook again, and it says nothing on how to cook a live turkey. Now, what are you going to do about it? Oh, if my dear, dear husband, Colonel Blodger, were only here, he'd know how to handle that turkey. Y your husband, Colonel Blodger? Yes, we were married for 20 years. Oh, what a beautiful union. He died a short time ago. That guy didn't die. He seceded from the union. <laughs> this is the Jerome Kern spot. Tonight, a tune from one score of the innumerable scores he wrote. Lots of couples call it 
their own song, but it belongs to anybody who's ever been in love. Thanksgiving dinner, this had to happen. My day is ruined. Yes, Donna. Charlie, I must admit I'm terribly disappointed. This day means a lot to me. Well, I can still remember when I was a little girl, the first Thanksgiving dinner I ate with the grown-ups. <laughs> oh, father had the drumstick, mother had the wing, and I got the turkey neck. What's that? I got a turkey neck. Well, wear a high collar, nobody will notice it. <laughs> Now, look, Groucho, that's no way to talk to my aunt. I can't help it, Diner. I keep thinking she's your uncle. Oh, <laughs> oh Pop. Enough of this. Pop, where fellow. does it say that in here? Oh, I wrote it in right oh. there. Oh. F-O-P, Pop. It's oh. <laughs> a funny word, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going in there and finish off that turkey. Somebody's got... Groucho, have you got a hatchet in your pocket? No, but take this egg. The turkey will hatch it. <laughs> Oh, 
I'm not responsible for that. The turkey wrote that joke himself. <laughs> oh, Harry, I'm very proud of you. I'm glad there's one man here who has some courage. Well, thank you, Dinah. Now, I'm a-going into that there kitchen, and when I get finished, the, that there turkey, he'll be ready for the roasting. I'll be right back. Well, we'll all be eating soon. For uh, Herman's sake, I hope the end comes fast. <laughs> Well, Hymans and Turkey have it now. May he rest in pieces. <laughs> and I wish I had one of the pieces. Well? Thanks, old boy. <laughs> Harry, are you finished? Finished? I'll say I'm finished. The darn turkey threw me two falls out of three. You, <laughs> you should have gotten a half Nelson on his giblet. <laughs> or still better, a half giblet on his Nelson. <laughs> That's a two-way joke. You can have it either way you want. <laughs> Gee. <laughs> we insure everything around here. Nobody can handle that turkey. And to think that only yesterday, Mr. Krausmeyer, the butcher, wanted to sell me a turkey, and I turned him down. I know. We'll have turkey yet. Give me that phone. Okay. <laughs> now she dials like a dog, doesn't she? <laughs> Oh, no. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Krausmeyer. This is Groucho Marx. Have you got a turkey left in the shop that you could sell me? You have one? Weighs 165 pounds? <laughs> Krausmeyer, take your wife off the scale. <laughs> Think of your children. And take them off the scale, too. I just want a turkey. All you've got is a live one? Oh, never mind. But just out of curiosity, is it a male turkey or a female? A female? Well, if she's not going steady, I can get her a hot date for Saturday night. <laughs> Goodbye. Well? All right, Diner. I guess I'll have to go in there and do away with Herman. I feel like a Benedict Arnold, but I'll do it. a boy, grouchy old man. But wait a minute. I can't face Herman unless I have a little something to brace me up. Well, I took the liberty of mixing a bowl of punch. Show enough? Uh, you'll find it right there in the kitchen. Show it up. That... <laughs> Brace you up. We call it the Southern Magnolia and Honeysuckle Punch. Sounds good. How's it made? Well, it's mighty complicated. You take a big bowl, you pour in five quarts of bourbon. What else? That's all. Raymond, here I come. Hey, where's that bowl of punch? Well, I saw it right here on the kitchen table. Well, the bowl is there, but there's nothing in it. You're right. The bowl is empty. Aunt Sarah Lou, did you? <laughs> You suggested I would well, I didn't. Yeah, well, don't look at me. I didn't touch it. Well, somebody must have drunk it. <laughs> I wonder who it could have been. <laughs> uh, that's all. A drunken turkey. Groucho, this is the last straw. <laughs> Thanksgiving Day dinner. There's nothing for me to do but go in the corner and cry. Don't talk that way, Dinah. Why, you'll be the envy of every hostess in America. How? Today in millions of homes, people are having plain turkey, stuffed turkey, smoked turkey, baked turkey, and roast turkey. Yes. You are the only woman in the United States who has a pickle turkey. <laughs> Oh, 
Say, folks, I bet I know what you're going to have for dinner tomorrow night. Turkey. <laughs> and the next night and the night after that and the night after that. Yes, sir, for the next week or so, you're going to get the bird in one way or another. But look, if you want to add a little variety to those turkey meals, how about pepping them up with some of those wonderful bird's-eye quick-frozen vegetables? They're all so good, all so easy to prepare, really a pleasure to serve. So how about getting some tomorrow? Just make sure, though, that the packages you pick say bird's-eye clear as anything on the label. Because there are many brands of frosted foods, but only one bird's-eye. Only bird's-eye gives you that famous bird's-eye garden freshness. That bird's-eye uniform top quality every time. So for the better buy in frosted foods, better buy bird's-eye. and you're always welcome. And folks, that makes for curtain time for now. Hope you enjoyed our Bird's Eye Open House offering so much tonight that you'll all be back with us at the same time next week when our guest will be Alan Ladd. Girl, please. In the meanwhile, keep well, keep happy, and keep those war buns. Night, everybody. Hey, friends, next Thursday, tune in a half hour earlier to hear from our good friends George Burns and Gracie Allen 
along with Meredith Wilson and Bill Goodwin. That's a half hour before our Bird's Eye Open House, starring Dinah Shore, with our special guest, <sighs> Alan Ladd. <laughs> along with Robert Emmett Dolan, his orchestra, Ken Lane, the four hits, the chorus, and me too. Groucho Marx can soon be seen in the Marx Brothers picture, Adventure in Casablanca. Bird's Eye Open House, starring Dinah Shore, is written by Howard Harris and Sid Zelenka. Speak. Speak for game. A wise dog owner will nourish every inch of a dog with game. G-A-I-N-E-S. Because Gaines' complete meal contains meat meal, vegetables, cereals, everything dogs are known to need for strong, sturdy bodies and red-blooded vitality. That's why Gaines' dog meal has been a favorite with veterinarians for over 16 years. Feed your dog Gaines today. He'll speak. Speak for Gaines. America's largest selling dog food. This is the National Broadcasting Company. We're back with Old Time Radio Essentials. This is Paul with Dave and Pete and essential listener Noah Diamond. That was an episode of Bird's Eye Open House with guest star Groucho Marx. Originally broadcast on NBC on November 22nd, 1945. And now, Noah, as our guest, we invite you to confess confess why did you choose this particular episode well this episode is is seasonal it's timely at the moment isn't it we find ourselves uh on the brink of uh the thanksgiving holiday and it's a holiday theme episode it's an, a, a natural choice absolutely but beyond that well beyond that I think the episode itself it has several great moments there's some great comic moments from Groucho couple of nice moments from Harry Von Zell. Um, Dinah sings four songs, two of which I think are excellent. Um, like some Thanksgiving entertainment, I think this episode suffers somewhat from making us listen to the terrified screaming of a turkey. <laughs> I, I don't know why people always think that we're going to enjoy that, but it's, you know, kind of unsettling. And I think that if you're going to try to get humor out of a situation like that, you you really need the turkey to sound like a cartoon character who can't possibly get hurt and is really okay. But whoever was doing the voice of Herman the turkey, Herman the turkey, sounded almost human at times. Uh, yeah. Is is doing far too much emotional work with the role, and you know, Groucho calls him out on it at one point. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> That's right. That's enough ad living out of you, Tyke. <laughs> yeah, so that that hurts the episode a little bit. Um, nevertheless, uh, it's enjoyable, and uh, and as I said, several several good moments. I'm sure maybe we'll dig into some of them. Uh, as a trivia note, it's interesting that at the end, uh, Von Zell tells us that you'll be able to see Groucho soon in the next Marx Brothers picture, Adventure right. in Casablanca, which by the time it was released. About six months after this episode, uh, the title had been changed to A Night in Casablanca, uh, which is the first of two films that the Marx Brothers made after having made their last film. 
<laughs> their last because they last retired film. with the big store that was their outgoing movie and it's like they, the rolling stones on their 42nd farewell tour yeah. you know and exactly Eddie yes. on his 10th retirement uh <laughs> tv special <laughs> yeah well what do you what did, what do you guys think of this episode well you know i'm a you know, I'm a fan of Groucho Marx, and I think I mentioned a minute ago that I've been a fan of Groucho Marx since 1976. So, uh, before Noah was even born, I think. But um... <laughs> don't do the math. Do not do the math. <laughs> Nothing good can come of it. <laughs> so, anyway, me without uh, my abacus. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a locus; he's an abacus. But um, I, uh, I, 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 I did enjoy it. I think. What was really funny for me was that even though there was a scene where Dinah got really upset because the turkey wasn't cooked, the music started and she sang. <laughs> so there was no segue. It was like, oh, Groucho, what are we going to do? Dun, 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 dun. Sing, 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 sing. <laughs> I'm she sing done. A song. She comes back and she's up- upset again. So <laughs> it was very funny for me to listen to that. Um, and but but there were not there was nothing. Uh, Thanksgiving themed about the songs. Uh, they were just, I guess, popular songs of the day. And uh, I did like the moment where they had the um, the Jerome <laughs> Kern moment, which was very, very good. Uh, I, yeah, I All the that. Things You Are is an amazing song. It's really very interesting piece of music. And I think, you know, as I say, it's a good episode. I like it. It's worth listening to. But I think we can we can safely say it's not the best of Groucho when the real highlight of the episode is Dinah Shore singing all the things you are. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love that song. I sang that at my wedding. So it's. Oh, no kidding. Wow. I did. I, I, it was a funny story. I sang it a cappella. My wife is looking at me. I'm, I'm holding your hands. And she has this look on her face of rapt attention. And she confessed to me later that I kept squeezing her hands tighter and tighter. And Aww. the look I was she was giving me was one of abject pain. Please stop crushing my hands. Please finish the goddamn song. <laughs> so you can let go of me. Uh, That's but, really uh, weird because I sang at our wedding too. And of course mine was Highway to Hell, but you know, aside from that. <laughs> Were you also getting a look of extreme pain as you sang? <laughs> from everybody. <laughs> No, I've been getting that ever since. So. <laughs> but uh, aside from um, the songs, I thought the the comedy was good. You know, for its it was good of, of its time. Groucho had a, a a few good lines, and and he was he stayed on. From what I could tell, he stayed on script for the most part. But there were a few ad limbs, like when he, <laughs> when he told the turkey to stop ad libbing and things like that. And when uh, uh, Harry Fa- Harry Von Zell said. Fop, yes. For some reason that was his catchphrase. He said "fop," and and said, "Where is that in the script?" Yeah, I don't see that in the script. <laughs> yeah, that, that was interesting. And I, although Groucho is sometimes he seems a little lost at sea in, in these radio appearances, it is a rare opportunity to hear him working in front of a live audience. You know. I mean, we get a lot of that on the quiz show, but it's very different over there. It's very structured. Um, and it's a very specific thing he did on that show. Um, but in this and in the big shows that he did with Tulula Bankhead, um, a lot of the other uh, radio stuff Groucho did in the middle of the 40s, you know, you do get to hear him playing to a crowd. Yeah. Um, and that's something we never get from the Marx Brothers movies. There's almost nothing available of the Marx Brothers in front of a live audience. 
And that's valuable. Yes. Well, and that's one of the things that I really enjoyed about this show, particularly Groucho's role in it, because scripts for performances like these, they 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 feel very simple. Uh, the humor is almost spoon fed. You know, here's the setup. You can hear the setup. Boom. Here's the joke. And it's all very it's almost like playing to the lowest common denominator. But as soon as Groucho comes on suddenly things seem dangerous and, and and Groucho has this way of delivering things where there's kind of like this sly wink to what he's saying that only you and he are going to get this. And it it's just, it's very sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge, very inclusive and very, it, it just raises the bar. It felt uh, uh, and the, and the energy and the excitement. And I love the ad libs. This one, after the first couple of ad libs, it's like, when's the next one coming? Because they were just having a blast out there, just just riffing off the script. They, they'd always come back because they're professionals, but the the ad libs were a delight. It was very definitely a live performance that was recorded for audio, uh, because there were there were some visual gags there that we weren't getting. They were yeah. stuff happening and people were laughing, and I'm going, "What are they laughing at?" And that's always the case in a live uh, recording. Sure. That somebody Absolutely. makes a face. Jack Benny would do something in his show, and the audience would crack up, and you'd be laughing at home because the audience was laughing. And you're just imagining what the heck did he do? Well, it yeah. had to be funny because everybody's laughing, so you laugh too. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that and that was, but that was cool. Um, and like again, there was this this sort of almost voyeuristic. Uh, aspect to it because we are listening to a visual thing almost like our ears are pressed to the to the door there was one moment that just kind of freaked me out there's always these regional and local colloquialisms time temporally placed colloquialisms at one point one of the characters said i'm so tender-hearted i feel faint when i cut the pages out of a book (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I, it's an interesting moment. I think books used to come with the pages still con- attached, the outer pages, and you had to cut them. Oh. Or certain certain kinds of books, certain print runs of certain kinds of books. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to verify that because last month or earlier this month, I was in Houston. I bought a book that was published in 1925. It was a um, a, a limited edition, 500 copies. Every page was still together. Connected at the the outside edge. It was folded Uh at the top. And I had to cut those pages very carefully because it's a book from 1925. I'm not just going to take my finger and split across. I took my very sharp pocket knife and very carefully, you know, uh, uh, split those pages. So when he said that, I immediately understood what he said because I had just done that like last week. (laughs) <laughs> that's amazing isn't it and in 1945 you know they weren't thinking like i hope people will get this reference in 2022 <laughs> no, i hope they're, they're still worried. cutting books at that point yeah. but yeah that's it's it's tossed off as a reference that anyone would would understand and yes it's a strange moment and deeply offensive to me as a book lover it's like what are you doing to the book <laughs> yeah. stop that's cutting right. the pages <laughs> that's right it sounds like, like he's desecrating it I was yeah. thinking like recipes or coupons or something. Yeah, uh, it was like cutting the page of a newspaper. That I would yeah. get, you know, clipping spine, but a book. Ooh. So that was that was interesting. And there's always a little bit of that in in all of the all these period pieces. Yeah, uh, I just love teasing them out. 
Uh, and Dinah Shore has an amazing voice. Oh my God. I, I I don't think I've ever actually sat down and listened to her sing, but God, she's she's got a voice of an angel. Just yeah. amazing. Yep. Yeah, she she really holds up, I think. She's a, a, a great singer of the past who remains extremely listenable. Yep. 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 Uh, it's an interesting moment to you mentioned Pete when she gets upset toward the end uh with Groucho and she says, uh, she says, that's all a drunken turkey. Groucho, this is the last straw, which I assume there was going to be a turkey in the straw joke, but it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> they, they left the joke on the table, man. I Come can't on. believe I, Groucho I, left that on the table. Yeah. There seemed to be a lot of false. When they got to the end, there were a couple of false endings because there was that joke. And then there was another song. And I think there's still time for another song. And then, then there was more dialogue after that. And then there was that final commercial that Harry Von Zell gave for that product that wasn't bird's eye, it was Gaines dog food. And, yeah. and think, wow. So there was like, I thought it was going to end here and it didn't. Then I thought it was going to end here and it didn't. Then I thought it was going to end here. And then it finally ended. <laughs> it is one of those kind of shows where like the host is a singer like Jolson's show, you know? Yeah. I mean, h- half the episode is going to be musical performances. Mm-hmm. And, and I I'm thought, surprised Groucho didn't sing with, with Dinah. Yeah. It did singer. seem like that might happen. Uh, he yeah, did. It's, it's Dinah's show. She, she, she's going to sing. He did a few years later, uh, record an album with the Ken Lane singers who are, it was the backup chorus on the bird's eye open house. And um, Dinah says in the intro, you know, she says Ken Lane and his chorus. And um, so I don't know if they had crossed paths before the bird's eye open house, but uh, I think the record was released in 1951 as hooray for captain Spaulding and other songs. Um, And subsequently it was released under the title uh, here's Groucho, but it's uh, several of his signature numbers backed up by the Ken Lane singers, and um, they're very, very fifties sounding arrangements of oh, all, all the Groucho songs. Paul, what about you? What do you think of the episode? Say something, Paul. Well, if you insist, <laughs> but I thought I'll be honest. Listen to Groucho on there with Dinah. I felt like he was wearing a muzzle most of the time. You know, like, I think he would have been more free in a, in a slightly bodier environment. Because, I mean, she was so pure, you know, that that his were always a little on the spicy side, his jokes and everything. So I think he just, it, just, it I know you said he was to the point of almost being like a regular on there, but it's like, wow, I'm just having a hard time picturing that because it just seems like it would be almost oil and water for the, their entertainment styles. It's interesting because as Noah was putting the context, the temporal context for this event in the, the scope of, of Groucho's career, I realized that, you know, while you and me, we're, we're seeing all of Groucho, and all of that baggage is coming in to this performance. But this performance is only like half Groucho because yeah. he still has the rest of his career to explore and delve into. So I, I, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, but it's like that's that's not fair because the Groucho that you and I were expecting doesn't exist yet at True. this point in time. But, I, you know, the 
just hanging out with his brother seems like he would be a little bit spicier anyhow, you know, <laughs> especially Chico. But uh, yeah, and uh, no, I hate to say it, but I thought the turkey was funny. I liked the turkey because he was he was just uh, everyone else just seemed like they were kind of doing the script and following along nicely. And whoever was doing the turkey went, screw it. This is my time in front of the microphone. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody, I'm the turkey, damn it. You know, so yeah, he just went for it. <laughs> yeah, that's it's real acting. I mean, there's emotion to it. Yeah. I guess we, we might a say that. Method. Yeah. You almost think it was Mel Blank, but it, it didn't. He I, done I it, guess it I is true it that Herman the turkey does survive i mean he kind of wins at the end of the episode right um you know by by drinking all that bourbon and so <laughs> he, he we don't actually have to hear him screaming up to the very last moment uh, i think he's the, actually gonna die of, of liver poisoning uh after drinking five <laughs> quarts of bourbon uh I, I think he's gonna die i think that that turkey's gonna die that does seem excessive they had a lot more tolerance back then. Back then, yes. <laughs> Livers were tougher I, back then. They were. It was an enormous toiki. <laughs> it was during the war, bag. you know, bourbon. <laughs> it was, it was yeah, a war. Yeah. He was in the Pacific. He knew yeah. how to handle it. Tough guys. Tough it was guys. tattooed, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he had a pack of Lucky Strikes rolled up in his wing. <laughs> Right next to his mother tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's vote. What do you think? Let's vote. Sure. What are we voting on, dear listener? As a reminder, we are voting on A, whether this particular episode is a true representative installment of the overall series, and two, whether or not yeah. it is a standalone show that belongs in every Radio Aficionados collection. And again, Noah, since this was your selection, you go first. Well, thank you, Paul. I am going to vote yes to the first question and no to the second. I think it, this is a fairly good representation of the bird's eye open house. Although I say that, I, I must uh, caveat that by saying, I don't know that I've heard any of the non-Groucho episodes of this program, <laughs> or certainly not recently. So that with that disclaimer, um, yes, I think this is basically what the show was and a pretty good representation um, the fact that it's a holiday special, I don't think does anything to change the format or the feeling of it. Um, but whether as a standalone, it belongs on the shelf of essential listens, probably not. I think it's a little more of a middle grade effort. Um, I think possibly one of the other, if you had to choose a bird's eye open house, I think maybe one of the other Groucho episodes might be a little denser with good material, um, but a, a perfectly good listen. Good. There you have it, gentlemen. I have voted. I don't have to say <laughs> I agree with Noah 100%. Thank you. No, uh, um, I have heard several uh, uh, pieces, not, not entire episodes, because I had that uh, record set of uh, the four hours, 59 minutes, yeah. and 53 seconds with the Marx Brothers. And there were a couple of uh, segments of Bird's Eye Open House with Groucho. One of them was very funny it was the one where they uh, go to the they they go back in time and they're all kids together and they go to a haunted house and um but and it start, but it starts out with groucho uh, being a hypochondriac uh and and it's just very very funny uh, with a with a fake doctor who comes in and and makes groucho stand in a in in, in a bucket of ice water and 
<laughs> the whole time he's talking, the two two men are talking and Grouch is over here and sneezing and stuff. So it, then it goes to that. So I thought that was hilarious. This, not so much, not as funny. Uh, but it did, like Noah said, it did have some good moments. Uh, and, and I have not heard any other episodes that didn't have Groucho. But if you're going to judge it, it's a good representative of the episodes with Groucho. You know, it, he, he does what's expected of him. He's funny. He's glib. He's uh, sarcastic. He teases Harry Von Zell and so on. Um, but I don't think, you know, it, it's it's a throwaway because it's it's Thanksgiving and um, you, you, you can listen to it at Thanksgiving and that's about it. Um, and then the rest of the year, you'd, you know, you wouldn't listen, listen to this particular one. So, uh, so a, yes, it's, um, representative of the series that included Groucho and two, I would say, no, it's not a standalone show. So that's, that's my vote. Right. Well, I'm, I'm going to very much fall in line, uh, uh, with that mostly because it was very clear to me as I'm listening to it, that this is a cookie cutter. This is a formulaic show. It does this. We do comedy. Dinah sings. We do comedy. Dinah sings. And then we go out and it's all bird's eye, bird's eye, blah, blah, blah. Nice little bits. But it's just like, I don't have to listen. Here's the thing. I don't feel like I have to listen to any more bird's eye specials because I've heard them all <laughs> right here. Yep. It's just the names and the words change, but it's the same shtick. So while, not walk outside the box. You'll while, stay while, in the box. Exactly, right? So so <laughs> the fact that I vote yes to what was it? A uh, uh is exactly the reason <laughs> why I vote no on two. Uh <laughs> because it's it's you know, you can get this a dozen different times out of the year. There's nothing really to distinguish this unless you're perhaps a Groucho aficionado. Uh, or, or scholar thereof, or or a fan of Dinosaur, or whatever. But that's you know that's a that's a niche group. I I'm gonna have to say no on two. What about you, well, Paul? Well, I I will have to agree that with the rest of you guys that it, it is, you know, it does kind of fall together with the rest of the Groucho episodes. Uh, I myself, just like the rest, haven't really heard any of the other ones that aren't Groucho related. And so I think it's just okay. I myself thought it was, uh, I, to me, it felt like Groucho was reined in, you know, and he was just following along with the script that somebody who kind of knows Groucho, but not really knows Groucho wrote it for him. And I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it was all right. Like you said, cookie cutter, throw it away. The only thing that I would say is if somebody wanted to really hear a turkey emote, this was an excellent episode if you wanted to hear a turkey emote because <laughs> still, still a very a niche audience guy. there, Paul. That's a very, very niche. And the niche. thing is, I got to go back in time and look up one of our first episodes there, Pete. The the was it uh, Gracie, George and Gracie? Oh, they yeah, did a Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving episode was, uh, and I think there's a turkey in that. And I'm like, is that the same person doing the turkey? It may well have been. And Groucho <laughs> calls him Herman. In this, right? And I think Gracie called her Turkey Herman as well. 
So they yeah, probably I'm, recycled I'm, some of the turkey gags. I wouldn't doubt it. I'm going to have to look that up. It was Herman Humperdinck, the famous turkey performer who made a career <laughs> going from yeah. sitcom to sitcom playing from, turkeys. He took an ambulance from studio to studio the way Orson <laughs> Welles did on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Maybe this was a recurring role for somebody or possibly even an actual turkey who played turkeys on radio shows. And he's, a, he's a or he's like a turkey, turkey. guy. You gotta he's call a union turkey. He's a union and turkey. Herman yeah. as himself. Welcome to OTR, <laughs> old turkey radio. Or maybe what we're we are now, old turkey radio of... essentials right here. <laughs> one year, one time out of the year. It's, it's an integrated year. universe. It's like the Marvel movies, you know, this turkey is <laughs> Connects all the old radio shows together. He comes tumbling out of Fibber McGee's closet. <laughs> He's got, got a gold reach, glove on with jewels and he just snapped his finger and half the radio performers are gone. Yeah, that's this is interesting. <laughs> he was interviewed we could have another on the podcast just on know, this. in the 70s, you know. <laughs> Turkey, Thanos, they both start with T. <laughs> well, yeah, now I want to take some of those sound clips of Herman the Turkey from this episode and drop them into other old radio shows randomly <laughs> and see who we can fool. Oh, that'd be great in an Orson Welles production. That'd be great in, <laughs> just... uh, in your show, Paul, the one that you're in with uh, uh, Madison. Madison on oh, the Oh, yeah, that would be good. Well, just do a search for every turkey-based Thanksgiving old-time radio theater production. Is that turkey-based or turkey-basted? Basted. basted. <laughs> I hoping somebody would pick that up. I am the straight man <laughs> in this gig right here. Uh, I just lay them out there. You guys pick them up. Um, but yeah, so look at us. We have an accord and four people agreeing. This is this is not necessarily unprecedented, but certainly quite rare. Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, well, I could I disagree know. to make it more interesting if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're all wrong. Where? How do you like that? I, I don't. I just want everybody to get along. This was the greatest episode in mankind. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm out. I love <laughs> hyperbole. <laughs> well, the folks, best. this brings us... This brings us to the end of episode 35, or if you live in a parallel universe, episode 10 of season three with Paul Arbisi, Dave Robison, and me, Pete Lutz. We're very happy you joined us. And once again, we thank a very special guest, Marx Brothers historian, author, actor, co-host of the Marx Brothers Council podcast. Good old, uh, uh, what's his name? The name is Von Zell, Noah Von Zell. <laughs> exactly. What he vampire said. hunter. <laughs> Noah Von Zell, vampire hunter. That's it. And what I haven't mentioned yet is that Noah has joined the cast of my detective series, Adventures of the Federated Tech, as attorney Vance Richmond, and will appear in a total of five episodes in season two. Cool. If you're a subscriber already, and if you ain't, what the heck's the matter with you? You may have heard him in episodes one and two, Zigzags of Treachery, parts one and two. And now we hope you'll join us next time because it'll be Dave's turn again. And what's your selection, Dave Old Bean? Well, I, I haven't run this up the flagpole, but uh, there was a series that was produced by Owen and Pauline Vinson from uh, 1946 to 1954 called Let George Do It. Oh, 
and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a detective but it's also a fixer kind of thing um uh let's see uh george valentine is the detective for hire um and bob bailey plays the role of uh of george valentine okay and it's like i've i've never heard of this uh we're gonna roll out the premiere episode titled there ain't no justice uh just to just to see the the premiere of this of this series which i thought would be interesting just to see how things start out for a series especially a series that none of us are particularly familiar with well i have heard of it but i haven't heard but maybe one episode so yeah um it sounds like it could be fun very good dave and now thank you before we wind up i want to ask if anybody has anything new to report paul dave anything um we're working on our scripts over at uh, Dream Realm Enterprises for the new season uh, of the fan fiction of Doctor Who, in which, lucky me, I get to play the Doctor. Nice. Awesome. And uh, also working with uh, MJ Cogburn over at uh, uh, oh, Darker Projects. We're doing uh, Quantum Leap over there, and I get to play Sam Beckett. Yeah, wow. and so that nice. I'm very lucky on both of those parts because the thing that I find strange is I I joined the the voiceover group so I could do voices. I grew up watching a lot of cartoons and and doing a lot of voices oh, and sure. stuff like that. And same here. Everyone that picks me for these bigger roles, we want you to do your normal voice. Yeah, no dialect on these characters. No, what the hell? But Paul, like you've got voice. such a wonderful voice. It's just it's I, so great. Uh, everybody, nobody uh, sounds I, like you. Oh, thank God for that. That's the way <laughs> I look. I, other people go, oh, you got a great voice. I go, what the hell are you talking about? I can't stand the sound of my own voice. But that's said, said every want, voice so. actor ever. You yeah, that's what you they want, so that's it. what they get. And then you're not allowed to critique. So <laughs> yeah. Hey Pete, you and you'll like that. Um, we're at my mother-in-law's over in North Carolina, and we went to pick up a gift certificate for her to, uh, to the uh the stage plays that they have over there, their their thing. And they are doing a musical version of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Cool. And I'm like, hey, I can do my voice. <laughs> you can play Yukon Cornelius. I was going to say, it's like the Rankin and Bass no. uh, animated claymation thing. Yeah. I, the, what's his name? Uh, from, from I'm trying to uh, Oh, the, was it Pete in the Box? Nobody wants a Pete oh, yeah, in the Box. Charlie in the Box. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie in the box. box. There you go. I'm like, well, hey, I, I can finally do my here. voice. <laughs> So I don't think I'll get the call for that one because if there's um, any singing, forget it. Oh, that's so good, though. You sounded just <laughs> like him. <laughs> so that's about it for me. Dave, what about you? I am continuing to to foster and cultivate a, a, a voice acting career. I've done, I've done over a thousand real estate narrations uh, for the soon-to-be-released homes.com uh, nice. website, uh, which has been uh, actually kind of a lot of a lot of fun. Um, and, and, uh, continuing to cultivate that. I have a couple of training vids that I'm doing some voice work for and so on. Not a lot of performance stuff yet, but, uh, uh, I have it on good authority that there's a lot of action here in Portland that I might be getting in on before too terribly long. So hopefully in the future, cool. I'll have a bit more dramatic stuff to report. Yes, I hope so cool. too. Well, Noah, do you have anything coming up you want to plug? Well, you can hear me every month as a co-host of the Marx Brothers Council podcast, 
uh, listen, subscribe, obsess. We are about to Stop. begin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't have too much, you know, and, and um, it's, so um, you know it. it's uh, been a going concern for a long time now. We're just about to start our sixth year of this show. And wow. um, so we are now really scraping bottom. I mean, we are doing <laughs> episodes about the most arcane imaginable Marx Brothers subjects. Uh, no, no, it, truly, uh, um, it, the show keeps getting more interesting. And so there is that. And then uh, at my website, noahdiamond.com, you can find all my other projects, uh, Marx Brothers and otherwise. Very good. Oh. Now, Noah has is also a published author. He's uh, put out um, books about the Marx Brothers and about New York City. He has uh, he's a filmmaker. He's made documentaries about the the Marx Brothers, and he just released uh, a brand new um, special called uh, "If You Get Near a Song, Play It," where Marx Brothers fans came together to sing songs made famous by the Marx Brothers. And uh, um, I've got that in my in my watch list already downloaded from YouTube, and I'll be watching that very soon. It's got a lot that of my awesome. friends. Uh, involved in it. And I wanted to do it myself, but I got, ran out of time. I was going to sing a song that uh, Groucho and Al Jolson sang together on the radio, but I just ran out of time. So uh, if you ever get a need, if you ever want to drop that in later on, Noah, I'll, I'll sing it for you. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it happen sometime. Yeah, th that was the third of three pieces that I did uh, streaming documentary-like illustrated lectures for the yeah. Fredonia Marxonia Festival right. uh, in Fredonia, New York. And uh, since the pandemic started, that festival has gone virtual. So the last three years, um, I've produced one of these projects. The first was about the Marx Brothers in New York. And the second was about the Marx Brothers and America. And the third is about the Marx Brothers in music. And uh, you can find those all at my website, too. And there's uh, there's plenty to plenty to chew on there. Yeah, really wonderful. Good stuff. And and. and if you've heard Les Marsden in uh, any of my uh, recent audio dramas, he is uh, a former Marx Brothers impersonator himself. Uh, he played uh, Harpo, and he plays the harp. He played Chico, and he plays the piano. He's played Groucho, and I'm sure he plays the guitar. <laughs> what else does he do? I believe Les is the only person to prominently play all three of the major Marx Brothers. Yeah. Uh, he is really quite something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favorites, and he's become a very, very good friend uh, in recent months. I met him on uh, backstage in 1988 in Atlanta, Georgia, when he was playing Animal Crackers in uh, uh, with Frank Ferrante, and uh, he played Harpo, and and Frank played uh, Groucho, Groucho, and Peter Slutsker, an unfortunate name. I was going to uh, say uh -huh. Slutsker, not the Peter, but uh, uh, he played Chico, and, did, and they all did wonderful. It's just a wonderful show. Uh, and and I said I had a great seat in the theater and Les didn't remember me. But when I found out he was on uh, the Marx Brothers Council uh, Facebook page, I reached out and I said, hey, do you remember I got your autograph backstage? And he made this big show about uh, he how he remembered me and apologized for being in his underwear when he signed <laughs> my program. And of course, we we became friends after that, because how could he say something like that and not? Become my friend. I have to when, say, when, when you sign something in your underwear, it's, it's a bond. It's, it's, that's, you that's, just that's, remember, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, speaking of Les, coming next month, hopefully in time for Christmas, I'll be presenting an all new remake of the radio adaptation of the classic comedy "The Man Who Came to Dinner." 
in the title role will be Les playing Sheridan Whiteside. And since I have an in with the director, I'll be in the role of Banjo, who was modeled after Harpo Marx. And now, Paul, Dave, tell the masses what they need to know. Old Time Radio Essentials is a production of 63 Audio, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe on any podcatcher you may use by searching under Mutual Audio Network and or Narada Radio mm-hmm. Company. Please follow us on the Twitter at Essentials Old and join our Facebook group, Narada Radio Company Productions, to get updates on upcoming episodes of this show, plus future audio dramas. Now, <clears throat> if you want to suggest an episode, feel free to write us at Get Your Pencils, Get Your Paper. Let's take this slow. F6.3 at gmail.com. Now, that's the letter F, the number six, and then the word point, P-O-I-N-T, and the number three at gmail.com. I don't know why. Uh, But put the word essentials in the subject line, and it'll get to us somehow, some way. That was exhausting. I know, right? (laughs) He's sweating. I can see him kvetzing from here. (laughs) Remember, folks, we're always happy to hear from our listeners. So please do send us feedback, please. (laughs) Sorry. Don't beg. beg. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And if you didn't catch their email when Dave painstakingly spelled it out, rewind and listen again, or just look for it in the show's notes. Uh, so Noah, do you have anything you'd like to say before we sign off? Uh, just that it's been a pleasure talking to you fellas and uh, thanks for including me. Well, of course it has. And I, Absolutely. What else can I, I think say? Before I we mean... leave, we need to hear Noah do his Groucho again. Ah, uh, well, <clears throat> I was thinking because we were in the radio mode, um, I was thinking about his guest spots on the big show with Tallulah Bankhead, um, where he would often do these spots for an imaginary, uh, an unspecified product made by the Plebo company. Oh, I love those. At Plebo, America's foremost manufacturer. The Plebo company has been manufacturing foremost for years. Stop by and get some foremost or our new model, the five most. <laughs> when using foremost, use caution. Caution comes in six delicious flavors. <laughs> if you are unsatisfied in any way, retain the unused portion of the product and the Plebo company will retain the unused portion of your money. <laughs> that is my absolute favorite part of it right there. I always love oh, that part. That was good. Beautiful. Well, go out and buy some Plevo today. <laughs> well, thank okay. you very much for that. We've been very glad to have you with us. It's now, been a if pleasure, you Noah. would like to be a yep. guest programmer like Noah on this show, it's so easy. Just send us that mildewed, sand-covered beach towel that's nestled in a dark corner of your closet and accompany that with a note scribbled in Chinese on the back of a fortune cookie fortune, informing us of which episode from which series you'd like to discuss with us. Or... Or... Just send an email. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Okay, I think we've wasted enough of these fine people's time, so let's wrap things up, okay? Okay. Thank you, Dave, and of course, Noah. Please join us next time for another fun installment of... Old Turkey Radio Essential. <laughs> bye bye for now. Bye bye. Alan Farrell. <laughs> <laughs>
Now, before I go any farther, I have to say F6.3 is a camera aperture. And when I was a photographer, I chose that as my handle, F6.3 Studio. See, now that actually helps clarify the the why of, of that particular email and, and, and helps in terms of memory and, and context. However, Pete, what season are we in OTR right now? This is our third season. Third season. Which episode in, in the third season? It's the eighth. Right. So we've got a legacy of old-time radio essentials. It yes. might be time, dude. It might be time to, to get an email address. An email I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So I know. I know. I should look to see if Noah at NoahDiamond.com is taken. Ooh. <laughs> I would probably get more traffic. <laughs> it, it is taken, but that's oh. And that's oh. a silent P and then N, <laughs> then a period. So All the letters Noah, are silent. There's a PH in there like in Gefelta fish. Then the O is a zero. <laughs> and the I, they dot the I with a star. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's my, my email address has a circle around it. You've got to remember and Somehow that. The, oh. the letters are different colors. We're not sure how he does mm-hmm. that, but they're different colors. That's right. No, it's very creative that way. It's it's just, (laughs) it's completely understandable. He's a graphic designer. He can do those things. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee Feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio drama. So, yeah, either the main Mutual Audio Network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.